everybody. This is Bevan. You're listening to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Uh, today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Vic. She is definitely one of those friends who every time we catch up on the phone, it's like no time has passed. We're so connected. We've only lived in the same town for like this brief overlapping period when we were both in New York City. Um, and But we've known each other since 2005. So it's just super fun to grow up with somebody and to kind of just see us as like hot messes doing things in our past and like how both of us have had such circuitous careers ending up where we are now. I'm excited to see where we go. So anyway, I'm just super excited for you to get to know Vic. She is full of great information um, and great tips and tricks on like healing and living a joyful life. And I just love her pivot from serving people as a medical professional to serving people as a life coach and really what she calls root medicine, like getting into the root cause of things. So I hope that you love her as much as me um, and have a really fun time just like hanging out with us. Um, But first I want to talk about Patreon which is the best way to support me and this podcast. So I am a Patreon-supported artist. Patreon's a website that enables folks like you to support creators like me. Uh, I provide benefits that are exclusive for folks in my Patreon, an exclusive podcast of little mini episodes on ways that I improve my life, self-care, self-love, lots of Reiki healings and meditations, things like that. Plus exclusive updates. And if you want a tour of the RV I'm moving into, that's right on my Patreon. Um, and also the the kind of the, the flagship uh, tier level is my weekly online aerobics class. I teach a class called Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which I made up. And it's dance aerobics for people who uh, feel left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or too flamboyant, uh, this or too it felt too awkward to dance. This is the supportive class for that. Um, Minimum participation is just showing up and cheering along. I really, uh, I, I see it as kind of like a healing and a mindset class as much as aerobics. Um, and there's always uh, four classes to choose from, a 10 minute, a 20 minute, a 45 minute, and a full 50 to 60 minute class. Right now during the corona, I have five classes available just because I thought, you know, people might need it. Um, so that is available all through Patreon. I want to welcome Jesse from Brighton, Michigan. Uh, love Michigan. Uh, welcome Jesse to my faculty dance party regulars. And I also want to welcome Liz from Liz W from who knows where, uh, didn't put down an address, but welcome to both of you. Thanks so much for joining the party. And thanks to everybody who supports the Patreon, because I love that I get to co-create with you all. Um, I can live this life and focus on this podcast and making these aerobics and all the other things I do because of this support. And I'm just super grateful for you and appreciate all of you. Um, and also just, uh, want to give a shout out to, um, just anybody out there who is on some kind of development or growth path, whether or not you support my Patreon, I'm excited that you're listening to this podcast, that this is part of your nourishment. Um, I really like, this is like, just was truly a calling for me to create this resource and to talk to my friends and share their wisdom with you because my friends are so smart and so cool and awesome. And I'm just grateful to get to create this environment. And I just want you to imagine that we're all on a porch together, cozying up. I want you to imagine your most uh, fabulous and comfy blanket from childhood, just like tucked around you and get on that virtual porch with me and Vic and have a great time. Thanks for tuning in. Vic, I'm so excited you're on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Um, so Yay. To give everyone some context. 
Vic and I have been friends for 15 years. Whoa. Met in 2005 when we were hot mess young queers uh, on the road, uh, mm-hmm. road tripping, had never met before, just met online and like, you know, hopped in a car and made it happen. Like you do. Like you do. And we have known each other through so many iterations of who we are and how we are in the world. Um, I want to give us props for looking great at 40 something. Um, mm-hmm. You're a little younger than me. How old are you? I'm 40 and a half. 40 and a half. I'm 41 and a half. So yeah, just a, a touch. A Leo. I think that's an important oh. thing to know. Mm-hmm. All day long, <laughs> all night, always a Leo. Always a Leo. But more about my hair. Can we talk about my hair? My hair looks great. Oh, thank you. Every Leo needs to hear it. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. So you're going to have to go find Vic online in order to see her hair, but it's worth, it's worth a look. Um, uh, it's just, it's fun to know people through a lot of iterations of both like their personal life, their aesthetic, their uh, emotional well-being. Um, I feel like you and I are so much calmer than we used to be 15 years ago. Yeah, that's putting it like really lightly. Yes. <laughs> but in addition to all of our, our personal well-being uh, accomplishments, you're also just like a badass person in the world. Like making your way noteworthy, magical. You have this incredible podcast called Feminist Wellness. And um, which, I mean, just go and trust me and just go subscribe right now. Like pause this episode and go subscribe to Feminist Wellness um, or hang in there and let her prove out how, how awesome she is because she'll, she'll, she'll drop some stuff. You might even want to want to take notes at some point. Who knows? No promise. I know. Yeah, but you know, probably, probably gonna happen. Um, anyway, she's just so great and so like full of growth and I think perfect for this podcast just because like we're all about growing and reflecting and I love having people on to tell their stories of how they had a very uh, meandering uh, career that takes pivots and turns and gets you more and more into your greatness. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah. (laughs) So honored. And yes, my path has been quite circuitous, to say the least. It really has. It's been kind of amazing. Um, Okay, so I wanted to start out just like early in the conversation because we're in the the time of Corona, which I feel like Mm -hmm. is a fun little arc in my my podcast series. Um, But I'm just curious, like what kind of nourishing things are you doing for yourself during quarantine? yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting as I'm thinking about my circuitous career, the thread through has been service. Mm. Like always every job since I first had a job at like 10 has been taking care of others, showing the world love, helping people make their lives better through some sort of health service angle, mental health, physical health. And so my first impulse in quarantine. And I am lucky to have some friends. I'm uh, doing this recording uh, from occupied Lenape territory, also known as New York City. And I have some good friends who work at CDC NIH. And so we went into quarantine in this household in February. Oh, yeah. 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 I canceled that last week of February, early March. So we've been in this adorable two-bedroom apartment together for a hot minute. Um, And my first impulse then at the beginning, as has been throughout, um, has to 
has been to nourish myself through service. So I put out special episodes of the podcast. I've done five or six free online all comers, not even asking for a donation, um, but breathwork meditation experiences um, because this there's a lot of feels in the cosmic energy and the personal energy and you know particularly here in New York City right it's we're the epicenter of all of this right now and we all live in these very small confined little boxes well not all of us huh. <laughs> yeah but everybody I know does <laughs> So um, the main way I've been nourishing myself is asking myself every morning, how can I be of service to the world? Um, and really taking on nourishment from that. I'm also like cooking up a storm. Oh my God, Bevan, I made these lamb meatballs uh, in these like gluten-free wraps that I did not make. Somebody else made them and put them in a little package for me. Um, I melted feta, wilted some arugula. It took like a solid 20 minutes. Ugh. <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm hungry but yeah I've been like cooking a lot and um cooking and focusing on service I think those are the two things and then putting my face in the sun anytime we have sun which you know springtime in New York it's either like glorious out or it's like literally snowed last week or is rainy so we are so lucky to have a roof deck so I go up there I like actually have a mild suntan right now which I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And um, And I can attest to suntan. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for my genetics that will, you know, love the sun. So, yeah. So those are the big things. Sunshine, plants, being of service, lots of food. What about you? Um, Definitely being of service. Like it's, you know, I think there it's some, some classic work is like when you're serving other people, you can't be miserable because you're not thinking about your own problems. Mm-hmm. really great way. Of course, like there with everything, there's balance, right? You can overserve and forget your own needs, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm well on the this, this highly nourished self-care side of things. So I love to serve from my overflow. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, and also, um, really being, being privileged enough to, to kind of recognize how I was already setting up my life for quarantine without realizing it. And like having a strong routine is everything. Mm-hmm. And I have like 30 daily habits that I do um, to keep myself like sane and together and moving forward. Cause like I always, cause change is happening no matter what. Like even yep. if, you if, even if when we're not in the time of Corona, things are just always changing. So if you're not changing and you're not growing, you're being left behind. Um, yeah. Very actually what's happening. So I'm, I was already kind of like on that progress and on that tip of, of, moving forward and growing. And it's funny because so many people say, oh, the days run together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just like, I took an amazing seminar a couple weekends ago. Like I just amped up, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I choose to make this time nourishing and growthful. And, um, and that's been really helping a lot. Plus like connection. I, yeah. I really have an aim to connect with three of my beloveds every day, uh, which is a lot of work. It, I actually have to put yes. a lot of work in to get those calls on the calendar, Uh-huh. but it's, worth it because like not only am I like connecting and like and and having that that energy but then also like I'm you know just knowing how people are and like it's not it's like this you know people put on a front on social media hardly anybody is truly authentic I think I love to claim that I am authentic on social media but when I'm super bummed I'm not posting you know and so 
but like, you know, I try to be as real as I can and most people aren't. And so I always just want to know what's the real story. Is this like, are you really okay? Or is that just what you're putting out there? And, and just being able to show up for people and connect and, you know, yeah. So that's been, those are my, my, my top nourishing things. I love that. And I love, I heard in there something about the importance of ritual and marking time, right? That's been really powerful for me. And I know we both really believe in, in ritual, right? In routine, but the ritual sort of witchy aspect of it. Um, And it's been just like one of the greatest gifts for my inner children, for my nervous system, for my adult self, right? Which are the, always my three focus points for my growth and my healing along with my spiritual self, my energetic field, right? Um, and just marking the day by doing the literal same thing and then closing the work day. So I like, I have four openings and closings in the day. Like I open my actual chronological day when my I open my eyes, I do what I do. I come into my office and I, again, I'm so lucky. We have a two bedroom, so I have an office because I generally work from home, have a ritual to start work, close work, close the day. And it's been so grounding. Yeah. And I've learned too about like time chunking my day. And I started a practice of going into the forest every day, like no matter what, like, I, I mean, it's both time blocked. It's like time, I call it time blocking God. Because like, I'm just going into the forest to hang with God. And so I'm either meditating, dancing, just walking, whatever it is, that's, that's, that's my intimate time with God. Um, it's a strong appreciation vibe. So I walk into the forest knowing that this is my time to truly be in this present moment. This is the only, we're recording this, what is today, the 14th of May. This is the yeah. only May 14th, 2020 I'm ever going to have. And so how am I appreciating today? And what's beautiful about spring is the it's like a literal symphony from God. Like mm-hmm. everything, every day is are joining the, the the symphony, and it's it's a beautiful time. And I was trying to figure out like when in my day am I going to do my my nature walk? Like how do I how do I bring that as like a ritual, right? Like because I was doing it at different times during the day when I could slot it in. And then um, at the beginning of quarantine, um, John Mayer, Grammy Award winning recording artist and Instagram right, right. celebrity, uh, mm-hmm. talked about gentle hours and like so his time in the evening um like as the sun's going down he like brews a cup of tea he doesn't listen to the news anymore it's like very mindful time and then I was like oh I love gentle hours because I was already doing that just for mental health like I have to be very like the stuff I put in my head late at night is music and like meditation and like maybe a silly comedy you know like but that's about it and like so I, I built on that concept of gentle hours to golden hour Cause that's really when I go into nature more often now is just like when the sun is going down and which is kind of cool in the Pacific Northwest as far North as I am. Cause our, our golden hour is now 9 PM. So like I'm wow. going to the forest at like eight, which is the perfect, like kind of cap to a day, but like wow. having golden hour appreciation and visioning for the future and then coming home to gentle hours and like really making that my like end of day self-care ritual. Um, and I might throw a phone call in during gentle hours if it's someone that like is, you know. Gentle. Gentle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I also heard as you were talking the word witching hour. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it is this spell making, spell binding. Like it is this moment to connect in with the, the magic of the universe, the magic of the land for you and the woods, but also that magic within yeah. and to cast your spells for yourself. 
Yes, absolutely. And we're so like, we're so much more powerful than we ever knew. We were talking about this before we started recording, just like how, when we were younger, we just didn't realize how powerful we were. And now I think, I, I think I'm just continuing to learn how powerful I am, honestly. And like that, that space and the, the time we take away from like the busyness of life to go take care and nurture ourselves is so vital and magical. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's also when I connected with my intuition and what is more powerful than being in really deep contact with your feelings in your body, right? Like feeling your feels in a real way and um, learning from them, letting them be your guide and your teacher, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, there's this concept that I got this weekend that was really powerful for me um, is resting in the knowing like really like, cause my intuition mm. now that I'm here and I'm in nature and I've worked so hard over the last few years to really raise up the level of my psychic abilities and my intuition. Um, and now that I know a lot of what's coming ahead, cause I just have hindsight over, Oh, I knew that was coming. Cause I got, I did all this prep work ahead of time. You know what I mean? Not knowing that that's the prep work I needed for what was coming. But right. now, now that I'm getting clearer about my, my knowing, like resting in it, cause I found myself getting very impatient. And we were talking about that difference between, uh, between anticipation and expectation. And like, so I was finding impatience and I was like, oh, this weekend someone said rest in the knowing. And I was like, rest in the knowing. Rest. rest. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, of course, now my brain's like going down the nostalgia <laughs> path of the yeah. last 15 years of our collective and individual growth as mammals and you know, we both, like, you were a lawyer then? Mm -hmm. Remember that? <laughs> that was cute. Remember that? Remember when you were a lawyer? I know. I do remember. <laughs> God. That was a funny time. It was a funny time. It was funny that I thought I needed to be a lawyer in order to be a valuable grown-up. Oh, I mean, yeah, I thought I needed a medical degree to be a valuable grown-up. Like, <laughs> If I can't diagnose and treat people and write prescriptions, then what have I done with my life? And now we both are like, mm, hey, Kay, thanks for that really expensive education. Next. I can't wait. I can't wait to pay off that expensive education with the fruits of uh, the labors I do now, which require no degrees. I love uh, that. <laughs> I love that. Yep. And I also love in that, like, I, I'm going to just going to speak for you. So mm -hmm. just like, you know, neither one of us lives in regret, mm. right? Yeah. Like understanding it's just a thought. It's just a choice. Like if you don't choose to look back on the past and be, and beat yourself up and be unkind and be like, Ugh, why did I take those four years of physics? Which like, I used to have that conversation with myself. Like, why did I spend all that money on those classes? Why did I study medicine? Why did that, you know? Yeah. But I don't do that anymore, right? Like yeah. it can go for exes too, because we were talking about our exes before <laughs> we started recording because we know who each other dated for the last 15 years and bore witness <laughs> all those sh shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't regret any of it, right? Because I learned and I grew and I got to bear witness to another part of myself. Yes. 
Absolutely. One of the most potent things I do with anything I regret, like, for example, I wish I could go back in time and like visit my grandmother more when I lived in LA because I was two hours door to door and I go see her once a month. And like, I'm like, if I had known that was the last year of her life, I would have basically moved in with her. And like, you know, but I also like get that, that it's not something I can change, but it's something I can change now. So now I live down the street from my mom and I see her a lot and that's great. And it's kind of like, almost like a living amends to that regret. That's only for me. My grandmother loved me. She didn't care. I mean, she cared, but like, she didn't care, you know, like, yeah. So it's, and I got to really be with her when she was sick. So that was good. But like, yeah. you know, now I'm like, my mom is able-bodied and awesome and independent. And so I just get to show up and be a beneficial presence in her life in whatever way that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the psychic realm, the intuitive realm, like you get to be as present with your grandma now as when she was in this, this mortal realm, as we understand this plane of existence, right? True. Very true. And- in fact, more. In fact, more. Yeah. My house in LA was like a living altar to her. I had altars in almost every room. That's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's a great way to mourn, honestly, to just be yeah. as like in it as you need to be and have as many spaces and spots as you need to have to like yeah. be present for that. Yeah. Well, I think one of the real reasons that we get and stay sick like in our physiology, as well as, you know, depression, anxiety, et cetera. But we get sick because we're blocking feelings. Yeah. Right. And I say that as a healthcare provider, right? Licensed in multiple states, board certified. Also like having spent the first 30 years of my life sick as a dog. Mm. The thing that finally turned everything for me, and frankly, why I left like practicing medicine and air quotes to be doing the life coaching I do now, which I think is actually practicing real root cause medicine, Mm -hmm. but is because our feelings, the feelings that we don't have, we weren't taught how to manage, we weren't taught how to grieve, we weren't taught how to be angry in a constructive way, we weren't really taught how to be joyful, Mm -hmm. right, in that that was so quickly and often decoupled from feeling pleasure and joy in our bodies and was about, like, if I get the thing, if I buy a thing, if my mom buys me a thing, if I get a treat, if I get sugar, if I get dopamine, right, that's joy. And so the joy of being that I'm hearing you talk about and the profound capacity that you have in your heart and that you chose to show up for to grieve the just grieve your grandma so hard. That is what we need for our deepest healing in my humblest opinion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. tell, take us back, take us back yeah. to, to growing up. What was it like for you? And like, were you always different or were you very like uh, mainstream? <laughs> you're a weirdo now. no Bevan I was always a tiny little freak show like a (laughs) tiny little short thick little weirdo just a wee little weirdo um yeah I well so I'm an immigrant from Argentina my parents came here when I was small but um English was my second language and I still don't know how to say American like in euphemisms Like, it was, like, very recently that I was like, well, we'll jump off that bridge when we get there. And someone was like, "Mm, okay. 
little ESL darling, listen, we're not going to jump off the bridge. We're just going to cross it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah. yeah. So, yes, I was, I was always weird. It was like part circumstance and part just nature, just being a strange little puffin who's like always been that kid. Like, so in third grade, Mrs. McCulkin, McCulkin Macaulay, I'll have to ask my mom, but the teacher put me in the corner because that's a useful thing to do to a child for talking too much. So I sat and talked to the corner. I was like, hey, corner, how you doing? What's it like to be made of like drywall? And I'm sure I didn't know these words, right? But like, you've been painted. Did that feel nice? Like, was it nice to be painted? So I just like, yes. And you know, what was interesting was there was a time in like my early 20s, I moved to, I went to Oberlin undergrad because freak show is going to be freak shows. And did you know that Oberlin was full of weirdos and they were going to be your weirdos? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was choosing between that and a university here in, in New York city. And I'm really glad. And it was really like touring them both that I was like, Oh, this is very not weird here in the New York. And then I showed up at Oberlin and there was like, you know, it was the nineties. Right. So they, there were act up demonstrations at the same time as like the Prosby week, like so on purpose. Right. Uh Yeah. It was like, are you sure you're weird enough to go to here? And I was like, sign me up. Sign me up. So, yeah, and I also just make goat voices, I guess, all the time, Bevan. So, yeah. But I did have this period in my 20s. I moved to Boston after Oberlin um, because that seemed like the right choice. I don't know. How does anyone end up in Boston? No, no, no. You know, let's not get a hate mail from Boston. It's a beautiful town in its own right. It just wasn't right for me. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? But uh, anyway, yeah, I uh, I fell in with the wrong crowd, Bevan. I fell in with some normies. Mm. I there were some uh, there were some polo shirts, a couple like jean skirts. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I know what you mean, and I know, you know. the time period. I know exactly what you were wearing. Oh yeah. <laughs> You can totally picture that. Luckily, I, I shook off that <laughs> coil of internalized depression pretty fast. Cut myself some Betty Page bangs and moved on with my life. Do you remember when I cut those bangs? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, good... you, look, you look great. I mean, like, here's Thank the thing. You. Like, even when you're trying stuff that's not quite right for you, like, sometimes you just have the, the, the beneficial ability of just pulling it off anyway. I bet you look cute in those polo shirts and those jean skirts. I'll send you a picture. Uh-huh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah. So in long answer made short, yes, always a freak show. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, the whole point of a podcast is a good long answer. So tell teach me <laughs> how you like went from Overland to like going to med school. Because I feel like maybe you either went to med school or you applied uh, or and then like shifted from that. So like, tell me, like, get me why you went to med school. Cause I can tell you why I went to law school. <laughs> I mean, the reason I did all of my, honestly, I'm just going to be super honest with your list, the nurse, cause I'm talking to you. So it feels like I'm just talking to you. Uh-huh. It's very pleasant. It's the Oprah very, effect. Yeah. I love that. The uh-huh. Oprah effect. It is. Mm. Put that in the universe. I don't even know what it is, but I think Oprah, if you look at my chart and Oprah's chart, there's got to be something that's like some planet that's somewhere that where we just like help people feel like 
heard, listened, like authentic self supported. Like, I would look at your moon, particularly the north node of your moon. I feel like that's where you're going to find some useful information. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, great. Um, Okay, wait. Oh, so, right. So, let's just get super real. I had a misunderstanding in my of my soul contract. Mm. And I thought that I was here on this planet to please my father and take care of him. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean <laughs> what? Uh dear listeners. The way you set that up. Shit. You're yeah. so brilliant. Okay, yes, absolutely. I mm-hmm. really I, I have a whole lot of grief for my mom. <laughs> right? Um and my dad is awesome. He's an awesome guy. I am grateful for him. I love the crap out of him, but he is my adult and I am his children, mm-hmm. right? I am his children, full stop, right? Like I, but I, I got confused because, you know, beings get confused mm-hmm. traveling between the star world and this one, right? And so I came to earth thinking that I was here to make him happy and he's a doctor and my brain was like, I must medicine. Mm. So I got a master's in public health, which I loved. Like I, ugh, I studied virology and epidemiology and like all this nerdy nerd shit. Cause I nerd so hard. Um, and yeah, I thought I needed to like, just have it say Dr. Victoria Albina MD for my life to be valid and worthy. And even like going to UCSF and um, shifting into their like nurse practitioner program, like felt like a small death, but also maybe good enough. Right. Yeah. But it was for years afterwards that there was still this longing in my heart that like I wasn't conscious of like this constant dialogue, like, should I go back and like actually get the MD, even though I was literally doing the same thing they were. And, you know, yeah. But it wasn't about that. It was about getting right with this misunderstanding in my soul and my spirit and my psyche and my body. Cause it was, it was physical. It was somatic. Like I, I think one of the big steps in healing my chronic IBS and heartburn and depression and anxiety was getting right with that soul contract and, you know, really releasing my dad to be his own person and releasing myself to be mine because he didn't ask for me to do this right like he didn't ask for me to take this burden on like he had nothing to do with it it was all just like my misunderstanding and like talk about like releasing regret that has been so much of the work of the last decade of like spending so much of my time in my life and we can even drop the word so much because what does that mean right but spending my time in my life and my energy chasing my interpretation and my thought about what my life was supposed to be based in like nothing but you know patriarchy capitalism etc you know casual like no big deal (laughs) um yeah so that that was that Wow. Okay. So you went from pursuing an, M- well, okay. So you got an, a master's in public health before you went to med school. So instead of just like launching off into that, you stopped, you paused at an MPH. Uh, yeah, there's, it, there's like a, there's like a whole lot in the middle, but yeah. Yeah. So I got the MPH and then went to USF to their NP program, yeah. uh, worked in community clinics for many years. And then was primary care here in New York. Um, 
at like a semi fancy ish primary care place all over town. Uh huh. I saw them in LA too. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I used to work there. <laughs> yep, they're in LA and Chicago and Boston and all over the place. So yeah, and then um, so from there. You were also like health coaching, which I have to say, just as like a person who was coached by you, you radically transformed my life, like very much so. Like, I mean, just having someone who's like a body accepting person to talk to about your body and your health journey, because like, you know, for me, I'm very sensitive to a lot of foods. Uh, I had to really get right with my gut in order to like live a happier life. And I can tell you on the other side of that, it is much happier Um, and more emotionally stable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like in towards the end of NP school, the beginning of my career, like as a licensed person in that field that I like, it was so apparent to me for many, many years before going to my medical training that the Western medical system was just garbage. Like I had been a birth doula and I had worked um, at an abortion clinic and I had worked in the healthcare for all. Like I, again, it was like all health related but I had been studying herbs for years, sort of just like quietly on my own and then like apprenticing some witch and kind of sitting at her knee and studying these things. So I like learned all the drugs and the procedures and all that stuff because I wanted to be holistic. Like I wanted to be proficient. So um, yeah, it was really amazing in those first years out of school to just really, again, get right with my own driving why, which is never, ever, ever been to prescribe drugs like ever mm-hmm. though like there's a fistful there's probably like 10 drugs that I think are like pretty right on and pretty amazing oh but 10 on the planet maybe 12 but you know what I mean yeah. like and really giving myself what I was giving to other people which is that radical love and acceptance right and saying like I said to you like you're perfect as you are There's nothing about you that needs to change. Let's maybe, you know, take the gluten out and add some good bacteria. But other than that, you, you are perfect, right? (laughs) But I didn't know how to like profoundly extend that to myself. Mm. And I have realized, you know, one of, so the, whatever, the North Node, don't say whatever, Vic, this is serious. The North Node of my (laughs) moon. Uh-huh. Catching myself. It's lifelong, this growth, it right? lifelong. My gosh, right? So the north node of my moon uh, is in Virgo, which is about, so it's about this present iteration of this soul in this body. Um, and, you know, what, what I have learned from my past lives, what I'm bringing in now and where I'm headed towards in the future. Uh, and that is all about, to put it very succinctly, chop wood, carry water. Mm. So it's very like Zen Buddhist, that location there. Um, It's very about like the practice of being with the people in the people, like in the community, like versus sort of like an ashram way of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, take yourself out of real life to do your spiritual work. My work in this lifetime is to like be here now. And what I've learned is that so often the lessons become real and tangible and feel like mm, in my body when I am processing them through with other people and processing, right? Like I was doing all that health coaching that was very like about health and let's do an elimination diet and let's attend to your IBS. And through that process, like nurturing that uh, 
sort of experience, that presentation of what it means to be me in the world, was able to begin to hold space for like this different experience of me, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you're learning from your nurturing of other people how to nurture yourself and right. kind of start. And, and if you're self-aware, which many compassion professionals are not, because Correct. sometimes you just have to be real dissociated in order to keep pushing forward because you're just not taking care of yourself. Right. But like eventually as you develop your self-awareness, you start to realize, oh, I'm treating my clients differently than I treat myself. I treat my kids differently than I treat myself. And you know, your kids are never going to learn. They learn from what you do with yourself. They don't learn from what you do with them. They like no. see you, you know, ignoring your body, ignoring your spirit, all of that. So anyway, yep. yes. Yeah. So you're starting to realize with the gift of self-awareness. Exactly. Yeah. And it was around those early years that uh, right after NP school that someone said to me, you can only take your clients as deep as you're willing to go. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Mind blowing, right? Yeah. And I was like, all right, here we go. Right. So I was able to capitalize on all that codependency and all that perfectionism within me that led me to put others ahead of myself because everything's a double-edged sword in this life, right? Like every barrier is a strategy if you look at it right, right? Everything that gets in the way of your growth can get flipped on its head. And so for me, that codependency that meant I put others ahead of me and that perfectionism that meant like, I got to know more, I got to know more, I got to learn more, I got to study more, I got to practice more, meant that I learned and learned and went deep. So with the story and the framework was so I can help other people. And of course, the gift of it is, of course, being of service, but also learning so much about myself and really getting right with myself and really coming to this place of really profound self-love so I can show up for the world but, and just as importantly for myself from that place. And that's the crux of the life coaching I do now, right? Having interestingly like stepped into medicine and then stepped right out the, the cornerstone of it is wild self-love, radical self-love, radical self-acceptance, and learning to do exactly what I just said, to not see things like codependent thinking, perfectionism as problems, but as gifts if we just whoosh, turn them around, right? Yeah. Just look at them from another direction. Uh, absolutely. I think that's amazing. And I think there's so much like the gifts of self-love just keep giving. And also a thing I, I had to learn the hard way multiple times is like self-love isn't just like a switch you turn on. It's like a practice you have to engage in every day. And it's so easy to slip out of it. Um, you want to keep that momentum going. And like, even lately I've been um, putting things through this filter of, am I feeling like negatively about this thing because I'm worried about what other people think? You know, mm. whenever something comes up, is it like, is, is this tied to me worrying about what someone else thinks? Cause like, I know from practice yeah. that nobody else, like, like nobody else's opinion really matters except for me. And then right. like a few chosen advisors I have in my life who have fruit on the tree that I want in the areas of life I'm seeking advice for. Right. Right. So right. Like being wise about like who I'm taking counsel from, but mostly most people's opinions don't matter. And, right. and everyone has an opinion. It turns out just like an asshole. Uh-huh. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. And when you do awesome stuff in the world, there's people who think you're not awesome. And it's just, you know, if you want to please everyone, be ice cream. And if you want to 
please. I mean, not me because it hurts my tummy, but oh my God, know. it hurts me so much. Oh so my, so delicious, mm. so painful, not worth oh, it. No, ever worth it. No, no. Frozen banana through the juicer though. Oh, yes. right. So even ice cream doesn't please all the people all the time. Yeah. Even ice cream. Even ice cream. Frozen banana through the juicer is a great idea. I can't wait it's- to try that. So amazing. And you smush it up with a little like cocoa powder. You can do an avocado, frozen avocado too. And then you're getting like some good fat, Uh which is always, and it's like creamy and delicious. Like a frozen avocado. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Yeah. It's full too. Right. Oh God. Life is amazing. Life is such a gift. (laughs) And also the fruits of the earth, honestly, like I've noticed like when, after you and I did our, um, our work together, I really kind of, and I didn't even make this uh, connection until earlier this year, but I was like, oh, you know what really pleases my body? Just stuff that grew out of the dirt, you know, like, and like a few animals, but like oh, yeah. mostly dirt stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's like gifts from God, literal gifts from God, not like gifts from craft or, you know, dryers. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And honestly, like as an Argentine meaning like a wicked kind of orchid. Um, I mean, cows come from the earth, right? They are grass and chlorophyll. And so too is butter, the ultimate food of the gods. Love butter. God, I love butter. How does, how is it that like butter doesn't really affect, but like ice cream does? What is, is there something? Lactose lactose oh it's very low lactose so the higher the fat content of the dairy product the less lactose and therefore you know if something ends in ose it's a sugar and so if you're trying to watch your sugar for whatever reason um go for that put heavy whipping cream in your coffee Mm. wow that's smart yeah plus also can we just come on heavy whipping yes please yeah absolutely yes please yep grass-fed if you can afford and access it Uh of course yeah but also afford and access because you know but yeah yeah, heavy whipping cream oh great idea thanks um i love talking to you about food (laughs) yeah i love talking about food i mean i'm generally a very hungry animal so there's that i do love talking about food it really like literally creates your mood. It does. It's so, it really it's undeniable does. for me. And I like, frankly, just enjoy enjoying life more than I enjoy um, this stuff that, you know, sends me into wild mood swings. Oh yeah. I, I, other than mate, which I now have a very, very small amount of in the morning. And it really, like I used to pour mate all day long, all day long. And it was for the caffeine. It was for the jolt. It was cause it like kept me up, you know, but now I have it sort of like in ritual, like it's part of my morning ritual. So it's less about like, I stop long before I get buzzy. Um, because you know, thermodynamics what goes up must come down <laughs> including our energy levels uh-huh. right and a caffeine buzz a sugar buzz is a, a crash waiting to happen mm-hmm. i mean just like to take us back to talking about codependency like when you yeah. external externalize your self-worth when your value is dependent on other people and their approval you get a dopamine hit and your body's going to want it again and again and again and again and much like you know, that ice cream that makes us both feel like, you know, hot flaming garbage. Um, 
external approval wears off real fast. Yeah. Oh, it really feeling does. shittier. It really does. It's like, yeah, the, yeah it's so useless. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's interesting too. Cause a lot of people keep asking me like, Oh, are you dating? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, cause I don't need external validation. So like, I'm just, you know, pleasantly waiting for God's best to come across. And I know as I'm doing my work in the world, the right person is just going to sidle up right along next to me and connect. Oh yeah. And as you continue to do the work to raise your vibration, mm-hmm. you will attract a higher vibration animal. I mean, like talk about physics, like that's physics, right? <laughs> One of my taglines is um, where the science and the sacred meet Ooh. because I, right. That yeah. came to me. Uh, well, a special evening. <clears throat> Some fruits of nature. Uh, that that came to me in like technicolor. Word. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Plant medicine yeah. fields, that tagline to you. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yes. Or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, can but, you talk about your coming out story and like how oh, that weaves into your narrative? Gosh. Um so, God, I knew I was a big mo, like, um, from jump. I was, like, never really interested in boys. I just, they were just kind of gross. Um, and I definitely had a crush on this neighbor girl for, like, a really long time. Um, and I went to all-girls summer camp. So, you know, <laughs> uh, uh. Things happen. Um, but yeah, I think Is I was like summer camp romance. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. I had no oh, it was amazing. Oh my God. Um, my first kiss was with a woman, a girl, cause we were girls. Um, and she has since become a nun. Isn't wow. that fascinating? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing actually. It's like, <laughs> it's, where, okay. it's where, it's where the science and the sacred meet. <laughs> oh snap it's true it's true and not like a sister of perpetual indulgence like a uh lives in a cloister black habit big old wooden cross irish like in ireland none oh, wow. wow but anyway she gave me a book called patience and sarah by isabel miller yeah. i still have it like i can read it's like literally on the shelf two feet away from where i'm sitting at my desk um and it's about the love between two women pioneers, like horse and buggy travel across the country to California, which like wasn't a place yet. California, like that. Wow. Life changing. That's Life awesome. changing. Yeah. It was a good time. What about your coming out story? Oh, um, I didn't know that gay was even a thing you could be till I was 14. I learned it at summer camp. Um, you do. I met a gay, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what's that?" And then I was like, "Oh my God, wait, women can get married?" Because like this is the '90s, and we didn't have cultural representations of queerness like no. that were overt and available for children. Um, right. And then when I was 16, I realized, "Oh shit, I think I'm like I I didn't say queer at the time because I didn't know that term, but I thought no. that I was bisexual, like because I had I experienced attraction to men who mostly turned out to be gay or queer themselves. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Out. Um, turns out yeah but like also I kind of like have always understood sexuality to be kind of fluid and like I didn't come out until I was 19 um Mm. because I 
I was fat. And so I was like, who wants to do do me anyway? I like felt very unfuckable and unlovable, really. Oh, so and untrue. That, but yes, very untrue. Lies so untrue. I believed about myself from other right. people. And right, right. I, yeah. And I just like, so I had the good fortune to meet my first girlfriend and, um, like we just had like an, a metaphysical connection is something I mm. describe it as. I truly like, you know, it was just like, I think just spiritually spirit brought us together. Um, I got my first kiss. We never did it. It was fine. Like it wasn't fine for me at the time, but it's fine in hindsight. And like, <laughs> you know, like it was a four month relationship and then it was, it was over and I was heartbroken, but like all of that taught me so much about myself and, um, and you know, what's fun and interesting is like, it's like in hindsight, it's my first girlfriend, but now they identify as non-binary. And so like, it's an interesting thing, like, cause they're still in my life. We actually redated. I got, I got to have the Holy grail of going back out with my wow. first sweetheart. Yes. Wow. At, 30, at 31. Uh, wow. so I have had one experience of actually being in love before I had sex with someone. Um, wow. that one time, which is kind of fun, right? It's very yeah. old fashioned. Um, it is very old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that. I tried it out. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like, honestly, like it was, um, such an easy way to come out because then I could always refer in the past tense to my ex-girlfriend, which was an easy come out for the rest of my life. And then now I'm just like, very queer and like you know I I don't know to me I just like I feel like my understand my sexuality now more that has less to do with other people's gender and more to do with like heart and brain and spirit absolutely um, and so yeah. like and now and also like when I when I my during my last breakup and like my whole life fall apart I was like whatever it's all on the table like I'm just I'm done like micromanaging the universe I'm just along for this ride and and I'm just trying to live aligned and not put any agenda items out there. So, and I had a psychic tell me I was going to meet the love of my life when I was 41. And so here we are halfway through. Um, yeah. And I am so hearing you being out in the woods, meeting you more and more every day. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, maybe that's what that psychic meant. I'm going to say both yes. And also, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm looking for a hottie also, yeah, in awesome. addition to myself. <laughs> like, maybe that's the first half of that prophecy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, and you know, honestly, I see this as like a lifelong journey to know myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I also am like appreciating all the silence I get to have during quarantine because I don't have little kids. And Oh, yeah. That's got to be a lot. I, it's... I, my friends, like anyone who has kids under three, it's very loud there. Or yeah. under like 18 or actually under 30 yeah. or actually maybe <laughs> at all. It's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. My sister has two mammals uh, who have been assigned male and those little mammals are so fucking loud. They're four and six seven whatever they're little children's and oh my god she calls and i have to like hold the phone away from my ear because the background noise is cacophonous yeah absolutely i mean i feel like it's interesting because i i have always like kind of secretly wanted to have kids and like kind of put my entrepreneurship and my impact on the world over like creating financial stability um and you know want want to have kids with more financial stability <laughs> But like now that I'm kind of like on this God ride, I'm like, well, I think I am having kids actually. So I'm going to just like 
chill and enjoy the silence while it lasts. There you go. Know that, like, you know, someday it will be more confident. I'm curious about you if you're willing to share, like, because I know at some point you were like, I want kids. And now you're like, nah. Um, how did you kind of come to the nah? Um, it like really shifted in my body. Like my body told me very, very clearly, like, no, that's not, that's not what you're here for this ride. I mean, never say never. Right. And we do talk about my partner and I talk about maybe like adopting like a little trans kid or something at some point who's been kicked out of their home or, you know, yeah, like being that kind of like foster safe, safe haven for some sweet human mammal who needs that. But, um, I don't know. I am really enjoying the silence and like, I, in both the self-supportive and not supportive way, spent a lifetime putting others ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. And so the thought of consciously choosing to like, yeah, rest, like experience that in a new way just doesn't really sound like what I'm looking for right now. Like I'm still learning how to be my own best parent. Mm. and how to reparent myself daily, how to get in touch with all of my inner children and um, give them love and care on the daily. So that sounds like it's a good level of parenting for me right now <laughs> is reparenting. So just going to flow with that until the universe tells me otherwise or drops a kid on my doorstep. Like that could happen. I mean, it's a fifth floor walk up, so that might be challenging, but... <laughs> I think I can do it. You think so? <laughs> if they're going to drop so. a kid on your doorstep, I think I think someone's going to walk those stairs. I think you're um, right. That's a long, a lot of walking with a stroller. Um, yeah, we would have to move. We wouldn't have to, but we would choose to move. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I'm curious if like your if you think your desire for kids was more from like that external like people pleasing person versus like what you truly wanted or if it was like seeking value outside yourself. It's hard knowing. It's almost like hard to zoom back to that human that I was. I've because I worked in birth for many years. Um I was both a birth doula and worked in an abortion clinic at the same time. So that was amazing. Like there were many a Saturday where I was like at abortions all morning assisting and then was like at births all afternoon and evening and into the next day. Um, and it just felt like such a feminist way to exist. Like, I don't care what you do. It's your body. I, my role on this planet is to support mammals who are pregnant with the next step in that process. Yeah. I, you decide what it is, not about me. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tease it apart. Like if it was like feeling that valuation, you know, part of me, you know, back in the day, it was like this kinship with other women and motherhood and those stories. Um, I've let go of some of that. I got this sweetest message on mother's day, which was like last week or something. Um, from a client of mine, a life coaching client who had been my primary care patient. So I've been with her in the work for like eight years or something. And she was like, wrote, thank you. Like happy mother's day for all the inner children. You help reparent. Aww. I know there were so many tears. I cried a lot about it. It was beautiful. Ugh. Yeah. So, so, yeah. 
I love that. I think there's just so many very valid ways of mothering in the world. And um, yeah, I love that. I love that you were recognized and seen for that. So it was really sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your life coaching practice and like what you <laughs> offer, what you do, what people, what brilliant, magical things do you have in that Pandora's box of yours for people to stumble upon? So many. Um, so my life coaching is based in love, right? Like that's the primary tenet, radical self-love, radical acceptance. Um, it's based in somatics, positive psychology, cognitive behavioral theory, and the whole world of holistic medicine, polyvagal theory. I, I bring in the last 20 years of being in health and wellness into it. Um, so I do some small amount of one-on-one -on -one coaching work. Uh, my focus is on women and non-binary humans um, who are dealing with the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of having codependent and perfectionist thought habits because uh, you got to do what you know. And <laughs> <laughs> Shine the flashlight down the corridor you've walked through. <laughs> Girl, please. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that's what I do. And I run this six-month online uh, group life coaching program called the Feminist Wellness Guide to Overcoming Codependency. And it's, it's so amazing. There's an audio lesson every week. There's a Slack group so folks can have, like, daily contact uh, with the community because co collective healing is everything. Mm -hmm. um, and capitalism tells us we need to be in these like quiet little silos, individually healing or not healing. So we really focus on the collective, right? And building that energy of like a family in there. Um, and then every week there's a live coaching call, which is just it's just so beautiful and amazing. Um, and there's lots of journals and handouts and meditations. And, oh, we do breathwork meditation together once a month to really bring that somatic healing, that body-based healing in. Um, and I just love it. It's just like it gives me life. Like I mean that in a very real way that like I end those calls and I just feel like the most alive and the most in my body in a new aligned way, right? Like not in the old codependent, like, well, I can feel good about myself because I took care of people, but like from the energy of service, which is so different from caretaking, right? Yeah. So yeah, caretaking, even just saying it just feels so paternalistic and like gross, right? Like the yeah. people in my class don't need me to like caretake them. They are strong, powerful humans and I get to be of service to them. Yeah, it's like creating self-cleaning ovens, you know, like, you know, like giving people <laughs> the tools they need to like, you know, be there for themselves and caretake themselves rather than needing other people to like, solve things for them, which is not sustainable. Yeah, totally. It was, I, a friend just actually reminded me this morning, it was about a year ago that I had this, I will with love, like long, lovingly tongue in cheek, call it a meltdown about... So I was doing, my practice was probably about 30, 40% life coaching and the rest medicine, but like functional medicine, which is very data-driven. I mean, I have a degree in epidemiology. Like I'm a nerd's nerd and I love data, but I had gotten like so data heavy and so like was treating all these really complex diagnoses like chronic mold and Lyme and serious GI stuff, SIBO. It was, it was a lot. And the nerd part of me was loving it. And another, the like part of my spirit and my soul that loves to talk about the spirit and the soul was just getting so squashed out of it. Mm. 
And I was like sort of, I don't want to say trapped, but I was like on the train of this particular brand of success. Mm-hmm. And I just stayed on the train. I mean, it's a great train once you've built the train, right? I just stayed on it. But what I didn't realize was just, was the depth of the toll it was taking on my spirit. This was, was this a year ago, two years ago? Now that's a whole blur. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and I started closing the clinic and bringing in more breath work and bringing all that real somatic healing in and, and building this practice from that from recognizing that all the, that day, all those supplements, all the prescriptions, like none of it will do the healing work you want it to do because you're skipping steps, right? Right. You're skipping the inner child healing, the vagus nerve, the nervous system, like all of that need, the way you talk to yourself, right? Now I remember why I started talking about this. Sorry, it took me a second talking about circuitous, Mm -hmm. Uh, the concept of being a healer. I have always bulked at that. Um, just because I don't think anyone else is anyone's healer. I think we all teach each other things, right? And have things we've studied and skills and area, zones of genius, if you will. And I felt myself being put more and more into this really patriarchal, really paternalistic, problematic role as like, Vic, tell me what to eat. Victoria, what should I take? Like, oh, um, something I'm eating is giving me diarrhea. What do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like, yes, I can make an educated guess, but like, what does your body tell you, baby? Uh And I had attracted so many people for whom that sort of phrasing and logic was not, it just wasn't what they were looking for. They wanted data and they wanted to get told. And I'm just loving this life I've built in which I, no one gets told. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. My job is to show people their mind and that's literally it. I don't give advice. I don't tell people what to do. Just show them their mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's been 40 years in the making, but here we are, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's beautiful too. I just love having watched you because you have like not only always kind of had a job but you always had a side hustle and like something you were working on like just (laughs) hashtag entrepreneur for life oh yeah fun to have watched all of your pivots and like know how effective you were like you know in all of them uh and also just like seeing you refine and refine and refine and get closer to like that beautiful thing that only you can bring to the world oh thank you yeah yeah you know Lots of people are health coaches, but not a lot of people can, uh, can do this specific stuff. So people can uh, tell, what's your website? VictoriaAlbina.com. And that'll be in the show notes. But also you have, you started this by talking about things that you were doing of service. And I think those are probably great ways for people to just get oh, yeah. to a little bit in ways that are like not, that are widely available. So you've got yeah. your podcast. Yep. It's called Feminist Wellness. It's weekly. It's for free. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, like literally all of the things. Mm-hmm. So you can find it there. Um, most episodes of the show come with some sort of gift because service. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the homepage of victoriaalbina.com right there on the front page, there's a link to get a series of podcast. Nope of meditations downloaded right to your email. So there's a body scan, there's uh, a boundaries meditation, an inner child meditation, lots of good stuff in there to ground your nervous system, support your inner child, that 
that important healing work all for free because I love you. Um, there's also just to offer breath work. If you go to victoriaalbina.com forward slash breath work gift, G-I-F-T. Uh-huh. you can download my free breathwork guide. So there's a short video that shows you how to do the pranayama breathwork I teach. And then I worked with this amazing musician in Italy who made music for me for my breathwork tracks. Well, because I didn't want to break copyright law or like steal from artists, like that's not ethical. So um, I worked with this really sweet guy in Rome named David. He's so great. Um, yeah, and so there's a 13 minute, which is like just a sweet spot great amount of time to do breath work, free download there. And I'll go to your email. So those are my offerings. And you can find me on the Instagrams, Victoria Albina Wellness. Um, and I mean, I suppose I'm on Facebook at the same, same address, but I never really go on Facebook. It's hard. It's too much. It's, it's, a, too it's much. I don't I mean, want it. You're consistent on your email list. So I'll say that. Like, I think you can do like, as a solopreneur, it's really hard to both like create great content and also keep all the marketing and socials going. And I got really great advice a long time ago to just like focus on what brings you joy and like, you know, the connection points that bring you joy and all of that. So I love um, that. I don't think there's any expectation. I don't know. I like to just remind people not to have an expectation that everything is filled out. Like, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. And I just, I mean, my Instagram posts to Facebook, I just don't have any interest in going on Facebook maybe like ever again, but that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's good for finding old friends and, um, you know, sorority sisters from 20 years ago stuff. But. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have sororities cause Oberlin, um, yeah. but I was a member of the Oberlin Dykes on Bikes. <gasps> that's so exciting. D-O-B. Did they mean bicycles? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. 110% like Schwinn's from the seventies. <laughs> For sure. Like definitely Schwinn's from the seventies because Oberlin. Yeah. And then I was I- in a lesbian sorority because I couldn't afford a Panhellenic sorority. Um, and so, but then, you know, the lesbian sorority was awesome and it was perfect for me. So, you know, and I, I realized I was like all of my gay friends at college are men. So I should try to make lesbian friends. So I did, you know. There you go. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, Vic, thank you so much for being on my podcast and sharing your wisdom and your heart and like your big brain and your beautiful spirit. You're just, you're a triple threat. Ah, thank you, sweet peanut. This has been so fun. I am so excited to crone with you and to just see where we end up in the next 20 years. Oh my God. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm getting like these really amazing silvers in my bangs and I'm just excited. I like kind of pray every night that I get one of those streaks. Oh, I have one. Silver. Yeah. I want it so bad. Yeah. So we'll see. I wish I could give you mine because I just cover it with blonde, but fair. it's it's right over here. Like Bonnie Raitt. (gasps) It's like a full streak, but wow. You know, but how am I going to mess up my ginger spice? You know, I have this no, like blonde redhead thing going. That's true. Could you fax it to me? I will. I'll fax it to you. Fax it to me. Thank <laughs> you. Anyone who wants to fax me anything, go ahead. All fax accepted here. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. Kicking it back old school. <laughs> Nine, 15 years. <laughs> here we are from stopping a lot on a road trip to pee. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. I actually, sorry, and then I'll let your poor listeners go live their lives. Um, we went for a hike not a couple weeks ago because um, I don't want to walk around New York City right now. So we get in the car and go far away. Mm-hmm. 
And I pulled out my peace dial and I realized, I think I bought it that year. Yeah. I think it's like part and parcel of that road trip. Oh my God. And I'm still using it. Good for you. So good. I think I got mine that year too. And I uh, recently, I think I released it when I moved away from New York because I'm like, I'm never going to use this. I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> I kept it because it felt like I should keep it. But then I realized I don't use this. I'm never going to, I don't, I, don't I, use I can it. pee anywhere. I don't need to like pee standing up with a device, you know. I find it very amusing. Yeah, that's good. I mean, if you can get good at it, you know. <laughs> put, put that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Style use. I love it. Ah. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yay. Like half choking. Uh, No choking necessary. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. uh, And we're out.